adjutor et protector noster est Domus. Our helper and protector is the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We keep today, I say this for our friends, the solemnity of Saint Joseph. It is customary to return to Saint Joseph in Paschal Tide on the third Wednesday after Easter. And this because the other feast of Saint Joseph on March 19 falls in Lent or in Passion Tide, with the result that the Church is obliged in some way to mute her jubilation on that feast of St. Joseph. And it is as if the Church makes a mental note to herself, saying, after Easter, we shall return to St. Joseph and celebrate him worthily in a jubilant key. And so that is what we do today. The introit is very interesting in that we hear it coming out of the mouth of Saint Joseph. I think that's clear enough. It is Saint Joseph who says in the introit, the Lord is our, hold on to that, our. It's a very important little word here. The Lord is our helper and protector. In him, our Again, our heart shall rejoice. And in his holy name, we have trusted. Now, what makes this intro it so fascinating is that it doesn't have St. Joseph saying, the Lord is my helper and protector, in him my heart shall rejoice, and in his holy name I have trusted. Rather, he says, the Lord is our helper and protector. To whom is St. Joseph speaking these words? If not to Mary and to the child Jesus. Here we are given the words of St. Joseph as head of the Holy Family. This is Saint Joseph the husband, Saint Joseph the father, addressing his virgin spouse and his adopted son. It seems to me that he says this at the moment of the flight into Egypt. He would have said it again upon the return of the Holy Family from the exile in Egypt. And I think he would have said it even again after the reunion of the Holy Family, when after three days the child Jesus, who had gone missing, was found in the temple amidst the doctors in Jerusalem, after which the Holy Family was reunited. 
And I hear St. Joseph saying even there, The Lord is our helper and protector. In him our heart shall rejoice, and in his holy name we have trusted. I'm especially moved by the expression, Cor nostrum, our heart. This suggests that as we read later about the infant church in the Acts of the Apostles, where all were of one mind and one heart, that already in the Holy Family we see this oneness of heart, the heart of Jesus, the heart of Mary, the heart of Joseph, forming but one heart. And so in this regard, uh, the introit is Saint Joseph speaking to the Blessed Virgin Mary and to the child Jesus, and then Saint Joseph speaking to us. Looking then at the epistle which is taken from the book of Genesis, we encounter that mysterious but oh how evocative expression, desire of the everlasting hills. You have all encountered that before in the Litany of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, in which we pray, Heart of Jesus, desire of the everlasting hills. It comes from this passage in the book of Genesis in the 49th chapter. The blessings of thy father are strengthened with the blessings of his fathers until the desire of the everlasting hills shall come. Jesus himself is the desire of the everlasting hills. This means that everything that well, really, everything that the cosmos aspires after, desires, yearns for, groans toward, is given in Jesus, the desire of the everlasting hills. The use of this text in the Mass of St. Joseph tells us that everything that the earth and all that it holds and every human heart carries within it that the fulfillment of all of this was entrusted to one man, Joseph. Joseph held in his arms the desire of the everlasting hills. It's an extraordinary thing when you stop to think about it. The fulfillment of every Godward yearning of man was given into the keeping of St. Joseph. This means that even today we can find with St. Joseph the fulfillment of our every yearning of our deepest desires those things that cause us to groan from deep inside. These are the things that St. Joseph presents to us in the child Jesus. And then 
the verse of the first Alleluia is remarkable in that it takes words that we would, at a first glance, attribute to God. In whatever tribulation they shall cry to me, I will hear them and be their protector always. Yes, we, we hear this text and we say, of course, this is God speaking here. But in fact, the way this text is used in today's Mass, the words come from the heart of St. Joseph and come out of his mouth. St. Joseph here is addressing us. In whatever tribulation they shall cry out to me, I will hear them and be their protector always. This little verse is the Church's way of giving expression to the perduring role of St. Joseph in the economy of salvation. St. Joseph is, as you know, the protector of the universal church. This means that St. Joseph's role in God's great plan is analogous to the role of the Blessed Virgin Mary, mother of the church, mediatrix of all graces, and to the role of St. John the Baptist. I said before that, according to Cardinal Danielou, the mission of St. John the Baptist perdures through the ages until the end of time. That is to say that St. John the Baptist is charged by God with preparing the way of the Lord. So that whenever we want the way uh, for an inbreaking of grace to be made ready, we ought to seek the intercession of St. John the Forerunner. But with St. Joseph, his role as foster father, as provider, and as teacher of the Son of God continues in his fatherhood over, in his providing for, and is continuing to instruct the members of the mystical body of Christ even as he did the head. This means that St. Joseph has a role in everyone's life with God. It's not as if when St. Joseph died, and we know that he's the patron of a happy death, it's not as if God then said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. Uh, your job is over. Uh, you can now take a well-merited rest. If Saint Therese, the little flower, says that she would spend her heaven uh, doing good on earth, how can we think any less of Saint Joseph? St. Joseph continues to work. He continues to be active. He continues to uh, labor in the best interests of the body of Christ that is the church. And this ought to inspire in us a great 
confidence in the intercession of St. Joseph and in his ongoing role in the life of the Church and in the life of each one. Now, there's one other thing in this Mass that I want to call to your attention. It's but a little word in this remarkable Gospel from the third chapter of St. Luke that recounts the baptism of our Lord Jesus Christ in the Jordan by John. And only St. Luke gives this detail. And it is characteristic of St. Luke to mention prayer. If you go through the Gospel of St. Luke carefully, underscoring every allusion to prayer, you will discover that St. Luke's Gospel is in effect the Gospel of prayer from beginning to end. And only St. Luke gives this little detail. He says, Et Jesu baptizato et orante. And Jesus being baptized and praying. Only St. Luke tells us this, that here Jesus is praying. Now, there are many reasons, plausible reasons, why this particular passage may have been chosen for the Mass of St. Joseph. But I find a very convincing reason for the choice of this Gospel in this little word, et orante, and pray. I say this because Jesus, the Son of the Eternal Father, by reason of his divinity, came into this world praying. There was never a moment when the Son of God was not in prayer. The, the very life of the word ad patrem, as we hear it described in the prologue of St. John's Gospel, is, is prayer towards the Father. So there was, was never a moment when our Lord, in his divinity, was not praying. But in his humanity, the little boy Jesus had to learn how to say his prayers. And he learned this from St. Joseph. For it was the duty of a pious Jewish father to teach his boy how to say his prayers. I find this wonderful. The image of the little boy Jesus going to St. Joseph and saying Abba, because little children uh, address their fathers as Abba. I once remember hearing um, a little uh, child, a little Jewish child in an airport run to his, he ran to his father and said, Abba, Abba. I found that very beautiful. And I thought immediately of the little child Jesus going to St. Joseph, saying, Abba, Abba. And it was St. Joseph as Abba who taught the little Jesus his prayers. And what were these prayers, if not the prayers of Israel, the Psalms. I once had uh, an image 
of Saint Joseph uh, with the child Jesus uh, at his knees and Saint Joseph was unrolling the the book of the scroll of the Psalms to the first Psalm, Beatus Vir, and Saint Joseph was pointing to the beginning of the first Psalm and explaining it to the little Jesus. I found that an extraordinary image. And this tells us when we put it together with St. Joseph's perduring mission in favor of the church and in favor of souls, that if you're looking for someone to teach you how to pray, you do very well to go to St. Joseph. At the heart of St. Joseph's mission, obviously, was to protect the child and his mother to provide by the labor of his hands, by his hard work, food and shelter for the child and his mother. It was also, and I think this is very important, to teach the child how to pray in the, the idiom of the children of Israel, making use of those poem prayers that were inspired by the Holy Ghost and given to the people of Israel in view of the day when a little boy, Jesus, would learn the Psalms from the lips of his father. If you are looking for a master in prayer, go to Joseph. If you find prayer difficult, if you find perseverance in prayer, challenging, if you don't know what to say to God or how to say it, or if you find yourself incapable of listening to God in prayer, go to Joseph. I think that for us monks, St. Joseph's place in our life is to teach us how to pray. I will never tire of pondering this mystery, the prayer of Joseph, the prayer of Joseph. And today, on his feast, I could ask many things of him. I could ask him to send us, finally, a statue of himself to put on the plinth in the garden. I could ask him for that. I could ask him for material help of all kinds. Uh, I could ask him uh, to take in hand many of the challenges that I face as father of the monastery, or to help uh, my sons in their various struggles. But rather than ask for any one of these things today, I want to say only this, Saint Joseph, teach us how to pray. Saint Joseph, teach us how to pray, even as you taught the little Jesus how to pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.